welcome to Moments with Marilyn. I'm your host, Marilyn Boyer, the mom of 14 homeschool kids who love the Lord and love each other. I absolutely love young moms, and it's my passion to encourage you and provide you with tips and tools to make your job easier. Thanks for joining us today. Today's session is Tips for Homeschooling High Schoolers, Part 2. But before we begin, let me remind you that our podcast can be found on our YouTube channel, our Facebook page, Google Podcasts, and multiple other platforms as well. The last session we did a few weeks ago was 10 Tips for Homeschooling High Schoolers, and I received a lot of feedback from that, people that um, had some questions. So for our session today, I'm going to address some of those questions that came in. And anytime that you have questions on anything that I talk about, if you want to ask questions, please feel free, and we can always do another session on that topic. Feel free to write us at characterconcepts at gmail anytime. Okay, we're going to plunge right in. Our first question was from a mom who has a 17-year-old daughter who is very frustrated by the upper math. So... You need to evaluate for each one of your kids. Do they need algebra and geometry and algebra two? Do they need a whole year of each one of those? I know that's the way the government schools does it, but it's not necessarily what each one of our kids needs. I did that with some of my kids and others I did not. All my kids did the Abeka book for eighth grade, which has a chapter in it on algebra, one on geometry and one on trigonometry. That gave them a basic foundation to those things. But if it's not, if those subjects were not something I thought that particular child was going to need a whole year of, then we did not spend a whole year doing it. Instead, and actually all my kids, whether they did algebra or not, I had them do consumer math. I love the Abeka consumer math book. It has so many practical things. It teaches you how to balance your checkbook. It teaches you how to do unit prices when you're shopping. It teaches you how to figure out what interest would be if you were to purchase a home. When I went to school, public school, I did the Algebra, Geometry, Algebra 2, but I never learned those practical things for everyday life. So I really wanted all my kids to have that course so that they would be able to function in society. Another thing that I've heard about recently that I would highly recommend is Dave Ramsey has a course out for high schoolers. And he teaches about investments. He teaches very practical stuff that everybody needs to know, whether to how to finance homes, um, weighing things, deciding should I make this decision or that decision, how to start a business. Anyway, I highly recommend that. We actually use Larry Burkett, which I'm not sure if that's even in print anymore for some of our kids, kind of along the same lines as Dave Ramsey. So for other subjects, be totally creative. Don't be afraid to veer from the general government school curriculum. Gear it to each student. If you've got a student that loves to fix stuff, let them fix stuff. Let them start a business fixing stuff. Um, Hunting or gun safety. If you've got a student where that's their passion, let them study that further. If you've got a student that wants to write music, let that be part of their school. Or if they want to devise, develop software, let that be part of their school. That's wonderful. You know, kids have strengths that God has gifted them with. Let that be a part of their school instead of feeling like I've got to stick by the basic subjects that the government schools do. 
Our grandkids recently have started writing letters to the editor. I may have told you a little bit about that in a previous session. Um, for civics, my kids and my grandkids have been involved in civics. They've written letters to the editor. They've worked the polls. They've knocked on doors passing out literature for godly candidates. They've made phone calls. Just recently, some of my grandkids made phone calls to people in Georgia, encouraging them to turn out to vote for the Senate candidates. Grassroots politics is the best way to learn civics. Yes, you can learn it from a book, but so much better to put your feet on the ground and get out there and do it. Your kids will learn it and understand it so much more. So feel free to be creative. Take your kids through real life in the areas that interest them and let them experience life. Second question, how many subjects should we do per day? This mom said, should we try to do a little bit of each subject every day or should we stick on one subject and just do one subject per day? And I would say that totally depends on your child. I've had some where they get on a roll. You know, they, they're learning something, they're excited about it, they want to stick with that subject and do it all day long. For instance, I had one daughter that was very interested in history and um, you know, we would interview veterans, and if we found out that a veteran had been at a specific battle, we would study about that battle before we went to talk to him. So maybe one day we would just do history. I have other kids that were very um, scheduled. They wanted to do a little bit of math, a little bit of science, a little bit of English and history, and do a little bit each day of each thing. And that's fine if that works best for them. Your ultimate goal is to teach your kids to pace themselves. By the time they're in high school, they can see the curriculum that you guys have chosen and they can pace themselves. You know, you need to do this much this week and then you need to do this much this month or this much this year and let them pace themselves and do it in a way that works best for them. Another question I had was how do you get it all done in a day's time? And by that, I would say eliminate busy work. Any curriculum that you choose has way too much busy work. So don't, don't bury your kids in routine, in, in route, um, you know, like having them do 30 math problems a day. If they can do 10 and get it right, let them move on. If they're doing sentences, diagramming sentences, if they can diagram 10, don't bother to have them do 20. You know, don't discourage them by burying them with work. Instead, eliminate the busy work. Yes, you want them to understand all the concepts, but you don't need to overload them with tons and tons and tons of busy work. And that actually motivates your kids. Giving less is better. I have seen my kids be motivated because they see an end to it and they want to get it done because then they can move on and work on their own business or... Um, photography or something that they're interested in. So eliminate the busy work. Encourage your kids and let them move on with something else. Another question I had is, should I let my high schoolers work outside the home or just involve them in service projects only? I would say, again, it depends on the individual child. But Every child needs to be involved in service, and I would do that first. I would make serving others a way of life for them, just a pattern, a habit, so that they're looking for the needs of others and they're reaching out to meet the needs of others. Do that first. 
Then if you have a child that you think would benefit by working outside the home, we had one son who went to work for our church when he was in high school part-time, and he learned so much from one of the maintenance men um, that worked at our church. He learned so many skills by working with this older man, and it was a good thing for him. I would say for some kids, working outside the home would not be a good thing, and for others, it would. It depends on their maturity level. And sometimes you could actually use working a part-time job to motivate them um, to get the schoolwork done so that then they could move on to their own business or their apprenticeship or whatever. But be discerning because there's a lot of garbage out there in the world, and you can't protect your kids from all of it. But you definitely don't want to just turn them loose and not be a discerning parent. There's so much out there now. Another question I had, what if I, if my kids can't perform tasks quickly enough to satisfy a boss? And I would say, you know, in that case, work on the skills that you know they need. What you, your ultimate goal is to prepare your kids for life, for real life. They need to learn to do everything that you do as a mom or a dad. They need to learn to be successful in life. So if you see that they're lacking in certain skills, performing tasks quickly, sticking with it, work on that at home. Sometimes going to work at a part-time job might actually be a motivator and help them realize, you know what, I need to get my act together and stick with this. Also, some kids learn through failure. Again, you need to be discerning. You don't want to have them fail in a huge way. But a little bit of failure can be a good motivator as well. This mom also said mental math. You know, what if my child is not good in mental math? Then practice that skill. You know, maybe make a game of it. And personal finance can be a great motivation to learn math. Um, if they start maybe a little business on the side, then they might be interested a lot more in addition and multiplication and, and things like that. Um, you know, the younger a child is, I would let them manage money because that is a good motivator. They see a purpose for it. We want to teach our kids things that they see a need for. Otherwise, they're going to get discouraged and they're going to think, why am I doing this? This is, I'm never going to use this in life. It is no good to me. So you want to have your kids see a need for what you're teaching them. Also, this mom said, what if my child's not good at multitasking? Some people are just natural multitaskers and others just want to do one thing and that's all they can focus on. And I would say if you've got one of those kids that is just a one thing person, um, they need to learn to develop that skill. It is something that can be developed. They will never be as skillful as someone who has natural multitasking abilities, but they can develop it. They can learn to become better at multitasking. So we want to nurture our kids, help them along for their benefit and the things that they're weak on. But don't overwhelm them and don't make them feel like they're just behind and can't get it or, you know, God has not given them the brains they need to do this function or whatever. You don't want to excuse them. You don't want to coddle them. You want to challenge them, but not overwhelm them. 
Another question, what if one of my kids has fear of getting a license? Driving is kind of a scary thing um, for some kids. And I've found the kids that are more overconfident, they're the ones that need more training because they get out there, they're not afraid of anything, they're ready to tackle everything. Sometimes it's the ones that are more fearful at the beginning that make better drivers. But again, you just need to lead them along at a pace that's right for them. Don't force them into it. Um, some of my kids were 19 before they got their license because... When my kids were to get, got their own license, they had to pay for their insurance. I did not pay for my kids' insurance. I had them pay for their own. And the minute you get your license, in the state of Virginia anyway, you need to pay insurance. So some of my kids opted to wait until they were 19 and had a job and had the money to pay for insurance. Study your kids' passions. You know, involve them with others. Watch for their interests to surface and then capitalize on that and help them to grow those interests. Jenny asked me about grading. She had listened to when I told about my daughter Grace, how her senior year of high school I had her just read. And it was a wonderful way to do it. She learned so much that last year spending all morning long just reading. I did not assign her a grade for that because we talked about what she read. I knew that she was giving it her all and not just kind of breezing over it, but she was really interested in what she was reading and benefiting from it. If you have any question, um, another one of my kids at first I thought was a big speed reader because he could read through something really quickly, but I found out he was really skimming. So if you've got one of those kids that's just kind of breezing through and not paying attention, then yeah, you might want to have them give a narration or write a book report. But if you know that they're understanding and they're getting it and you want to assign them a grade, you could assign them on their diligence in performing that task. So again, you know, your kids are individuals and you need to treat them as such. And high school's an exciting time. Talk with your high schooler a lot. Find out what their challenges are, what their feelings are. Um, what their fears are, and just talk through those things with them. Help them establish values for themselves and friendships that will be beneficial to them in the future. Communication is really important. Sometimes it's hard for us as parents to let go, but we need to realize that our teens are becoming adults, and that is our goal, to teach them to be successful adults. So don't be afraid to give them some more freedom. Um, you know, to let them try some things on their own and see how it turns out. We would grant more privileges as our kids handled freedom well. So in closing, if you need some ideas about how to get your kids involved in serving others, our book, Character in Action, is chock full of ideas that high schoolers and younger people can do as well. So if you need some help of how to get your kids involved, we can help you along those lines. And remember, whenever you teach your kids character, you are not wasting your time. Thanks for joining us today. Hope to see you again next week.